Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hey, Brittany. Hi, Connor. We have a book that recently came out, The uh, Tuttle Twins Guide to Modern Villains. And this was a fun one to work on because there's a lot of bad dudes throughout history, a lot of people who've caused problems. And there's a lot of people who didn't make the list. And some people who did make the list, some readers are like, well, why is this guy on the list? And so obviously you just have to pick some people. But the point is there are these people who are causing a lot of problems and we need to learn from the past so that we don't repeat it. We need to learn about how these people rose to power, how they were able to get away with what they did. Today, I want to talk about one of the people that we decided to include in this book. We've talked about people like Marx before and Lenin, but I wanted to highlight uh, someone else that you probably haven't heard as much about. Let's talk about the guy. His name is Nicholas II. He was born in the late 1800s in Russia. He was the firstborn son to a royal family that had ruled Russia for like 200 years. So he was heir to the throne, right? He was born into this royal family. He was next in line to to rule. This guy, though, Nicholas, he didn't really care that much for politics, even though it was kind of his destiny to become a ruler. In fact, he was, you might even say, a bit scared of it. He was kind of reluctant. Uh, He had witnessed how dangerous it was firsthand when he'd been traveling with his father and his grandfather. Someone had planted a bomb to try and kill them. They killed his grandfather, who was the current ruler at the time. So when you are kind of the person at the center of power, um, you know, a lot of people are going to try and dethrone you. They're going to try and fight you because they want the power or they don't want you to have the power. So you can understand why a kid like Nicholas would be like, uh, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to be the target of, of all these threats? So after his grandfather died, his dad was now in charge. Um, he actually earned the title of peacemaker. So Nicholas thought, you know, maybe things wouldn't be so scary after all. Maybe maybe we're going to chill out a bit. Maybe we're not going to have any more bombs planted. But then his dad died suddenly. And that left Nicholas to rule when he was starting in his mid-20s, which is pretty young for a ruler of an entire country. And he was crowned a, a czar, which is the royal rulers in Russia at the time. He got married, uh, which is, you know, what he was expected to do. And he was actually liked by a lot of people. He began to build his family. He had something like four kids in five years. And so, you know, trying to grow his family, trying to kind of get into his skin about being a ruler. But the next few years weren't going that great for Nicholas. He had gotten into a war with Japan and many Russians were killed when his army fired into the crowd. He didn't do anything to help his people. And he was known for trying to keep the Russian people from getting any power. This is a very common thread when you look at a lot of the villains that we talk about in the book. They were jealous guardians of their power. They saw the common people often as a threat because if those people organized, they could be more powerful than the rulers and their armies. And so they were always very skeptical, very suspicious, very eager to preserve their power. And so as time went on, things were still pretty rough. The people were getting sick of being oppressed. Uh, Nicholas was squashing rebellions, you know, as most rulers do, most villains do. And there were lots of rebellions and uprisings during this time. There were a lot of people who were upset with Nicholas's behavior. 
so he was, you know, scared that he might lose power. He fought back even harder to maintain control. He uh, kind of grew even more unpopular, especially since he got his country involved in World War One and other foreign conflicts. And so he kept trying to control people, like no matter what it took. This was a time when people all over the world were getting fed up with monarchs, which are, you know, kings and queens and wanting more democracy and so forth. Uh, but that was not the the ruling regime in in Russia. That was not the the model of government that they had. And so Nicholas was trying to preserve the power of basically the the monarchy, the government that he controlled. So to stay in control, he would often use deadly force against people, especially lower class like peasants. And so this made the people even more agitated, wanting to demand their rights. You know, but Nicholas was never going to give it to him. And, uh, and so this approach of his, his rule, this authoritarian approach was part of the reason why Russia fell far behind everyone else economically in terms of industrialization. We talked on, I believe the last episode about the industrial revolution, primarily in America, Great Britain and Western countries, but that was all over the world. And the entire global economy was becoming industrialized through machinery and technology and automation and so forth. And so Russia was falling far behind because you had this very kind of tightly uh, controlled economy as a result of Nicholas's government. And he continues attacking his people. He's trying to fight off these uprisings. Uh, he treated his armies poorly. He saw them as, you know, like pawns, like in a chess game, not as individuals. He sent them off to die in meaningless and unjust wars, didn't really care about their lives he just needed to show how powerful he was and he used these armies almost like a game like i don't know if you've ever played risk you know where you just kind of move them across it takes so long i've never played it because it takes like eight hours it doesn't does it, to finish. i've also not played it in a very long time because it takes a long time but that's kind of the the mentality here's this global domination all these conflicts will move our armies around oh shoot i lost a battalion okay you know it's you don't care about the individual it's just about the the bigger picture so in his war with Japan, it, it backfired. Uh, the Russian armies, they suffered an embarrassing defeat. No one wanted to be in this war, which only made the people turn on him more. But things got worse. He began attacking and killing Jewish people in Russia. Many of them fled. Uh, many Russians were still peasant farmers because the Industrial Revolution had lagged there and people didn't have as many opportunities. So one day you know, sick of their terrible circumstances, they form this massive protest. And Nicholas and his soldiers attack the protesters. It was so bad that it became known as Bloody Sunday. And there's a theme with these revolutions in Europe to overthrow monarchs. They always tried to do so by forming a constitution, creating a democratic legislative body like our Congress, you know, to rein in power. And this was very much a result of the world being inspired by the American Revolution. It was kind of a trickle effect of many other countries seeing it work. And they're like, hey, we want that too. We want freedom as well. But other countries, most countries couldn't seem to get it quite right. Never really had the success that we did in America. Russia, for example, their attempt failed. And so Nicholas continued to fight against these people who were uh, rising up. So Brittany, I want to throw it over to you. What is kind of looking back, what's the legacy that Nicholas II left behind? Yeah, there's there's a few things. And one thing about history that's really important is to realize how connected it all is, right? One event leads to another event that leads to another event. So it's it all everything impacts everything. So first, I mean the people didn't like him at all 
And because of his, you know, because he was keeping everybody locked in their classes, right? That's where you get the class warfare stuff. You know, the Russian economy, as you mentioned, was was far behind the rest of the world. Um, the Industrial Revolution was was not as prominent there as it was in other people. And so that set Russia up for failure. And that failure was going to impact how people viewed politics for a very long time. The other thing that I think is really interesting about Nicholas is he wasn't really an ideological man. So he wasn't like he was standing for something where you have other dictators that really believe in something and they're willing to do anything like the ends justify the means. But with Nicholas, he just wanted power. So there's nothing even behind the power, which is really scary to me if that's like the main thing obviously the other villains that that had you know ideological beliefs are still very bad but but it's very dangerous and so um i think that it's his legacy was was something that was going to and i'll get into this in a minute impact when we see the rise of marxism when we see the rise of of communism in russia so the straw that broke the camel's back the last thing that really put the nail in the coffin of his his rule and this this is a really weird but really fun story. And I remember the movie Anastasia came out when you and I were – we were like teenagers actually. Like I think I was a preteen. Mm. Um, that movie is not historically accurate, so do not go watch it. It's an animated movie. Don't go watch it and be like, oh, this is exactly history. It is not. But there's a character, the bad guy in that is named Rasputin, and he is a fascinating person in history. So the people like really – like this was the last thing that made them angry is that his wife, uh, Nicholas's wife, had hired this witch doctor, this guy that was like a mystic. He thought he could create like potions and like spells and stuff. Like this is a, this is a real person who thought this um, to mm. help their son because Nicholas's son – I think his name was Alexander, but I might be wrong. They have like three names that all their sons were named over and over again. He had something called – I might say this wrong – hematoba? I think It's when you, there's something wrong with your blood. It's a blood disease, and it would be like if you had one little scratch and you bled, like you couldn't stop the bleeding. So it was very, okay. very serious. And um, they hired – his wife hired Rasputin to, to cure him. And whatever like medicine or whatever he made did help the boy. And he became a really big member of the family. Like the kids called him a friend. Like it was – he was a big part. The people did not like that. They were terrified of this man. So with everything else combined, like this was a thing where they're like, nope, we're not doing this anymore. You're hiring witch doctors. <laughs> and that was like – then they started rebelling again. And it was to the point where Nicholas couldn't couldn't stop it and he ended up giving up his title they call that abdicating you know the throne and with that his his family's legacy died a really fun part about Rasputin that's a crazy part people tried to kill him like five times he was like stabbed he was like drowned he Oof. wouldn't die <laughs> like it became this like really funny part not funny but kind of funny part of history where the guy just wouldn't die I think eventually he was poisoned is what ended up happening uh, so really crazy historical figure that's always fascinated me. But, but you know, let's talk about in the book, one thing I love about uh, the book on villains is talking about why they were villains, right? What made them a villain? And there's a lot of similar themes through through everybody. And obviously, Nicholas is kind of an easy one to see because he had an obsession with power, an obsession with ruling over his people, but also just a disrespect, right? He didn't see them as individuals. He didn't care about them being individuals. He didn't care about what they were going through. And a lot of that was because he was born into this, you know, this royal family. Think about it. You never see hardships, right? You're born having every luxury and all these riches. So you don't see how bad everybody else has it. And so, of course, he didn't really care about making sure the economy was doing well or 
or making sure the peasants didn't have to farm or they had other opportunities or at least getting out of the way. So there were other opportunities. Um, so, I mean, that, that kept him very separate and he didn't, he didn't want to help, but this caused bigger problems because we know what happened in Russia and how, how tumultuous, how chaotic that was. So he turned people against the monarch. There's lots of good reasons for that. And that made people feel fear, power. But this was going to cause all that instability in Russia that allowed other dictators like Lenin. We've heard about Lenin and Stalin. And they rose to power and they continued to kill the people. But it was different, right? They were saying that they were a, a government for the people. They weren't like the monarchy. But what did they do? They did the same thing. They actually, they, I don't know if I should say they were worse, but they were pretty bad. And that's so, a common thing we see with a lot of the villains. I remember when we wrote about uh, Castro, Fidel Castro criticizing the existing regime and oh they're killing all these people doing all these horrible things and then castro gets in power and starts doing the same things and worse you know it happened with pinochet and countless other people right what's interesting to me is we also see this in politics granted these political uh rulers these presidents and so forth they're not out there you know doing things as horrible oftentimes as a lot of these villains but what's interesting is again and again and again you see, let's say it's someone running for president and they'll say, oh, that other guy, he's spending all this money and growing the budget and putting us in debt and all, you know, sending soldiers off to all these wars. And, and so trying to get the public to support them and say, hey, if you don't like all that stuff happening, support me so I can get into power and and stop all that stuff. And inevitably, as you well know, Brittany, again and again, these people then get into power. The people say, yeah, we're fed up with all that. Go stop it. And then they get elected and they don't stop it. You know, nope. if anything, they often make it worse. And that's happened countless times, whether it's Republicans or Democrats, you know, whether we're talking about budget issues or war or regulations. And so this is an area where we can learn from the past just because, as you point out, you know, Lenin, Stalin and others are, are pointing out problems. It doesn't mean that they are the solution. It doesn't mean that these uh, would be villains you know, that we should support them just because we have a, a supposed common enemy that they're saying, hey, that's bad. And we're like, we agree. But that doesn't make, make this person and their solutions the right thing. We have to be very cautious about where we lend our support, because if we're learning from history, we're going to realize that again and again, the people that are saying, vote for me, I know what to do, support me, you know, we'll make it better. Oftentimes they'll make it worse and they you know, certainly won't make it better. So there's so many lessons like this that we can learn from history. If you've not yet gotten the book, make sure to head to TuttleTwins.com slash products. Scroll down, you'll find the guidebooks section. You can buy all the guidebooks in a bundle at a discount or you can just get the uh, guide to modern villains. Uh, if you'd like to learn more on some of these guys and uh, what's happened throughout history so that we can learn from history and make sure that we don't have any more modern villains in our day. Brittany, great talking to you as always. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.